Warning, this podcast contains rude, crude, and prude language, which might burn your ears if you listen to it for too long. Listener discretion is advised. We keep switching so fast into these uh, emotional topics. That <laughs> That's <laughs> what happens when you bottle us up for two weeks and we get fucking <laughs> vent every week. We just start cannibalizing on each other. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60Cards.com. Check us out. In 2010, a crack magic-playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. Everybody was metagaming against each other because we saw each other's decks. Jay Bush. I'm not going to ask a homeless guy for a deck idea, okay? I'm going to give the guy some change and, you know, I'll probably half my sandwich. Smitty. Just completely edit out Jay Bush like uh, the whole thing. Scotty. But what is it with people that live in French countries that like blue-white control? Are you guys just like, do you have that big of a chip on your shoulder? Like, what is it? And now, the AT. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 38 of the A-Team Podcast. This is KYT, back from Providence, and I'm joined, as always, with the A-Team, Jay Jesse and Scott, how's it going, everyone? Did you guys Stop. miss me? <laughs> Pumped up. Oh, did we? Were you gone a week? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh whoops. Uh, sorry, KYT. I didn't know. Were we supposed to podcast or something? <laughs> so yeah, we were supposed to podcast, but uh, I had to prepare for Providence. Like it's a format. Legacy is just such a vast format with with just so many card interactions that you have to know. So I decided to to test and uh, came came home late and these guys just they said they couldn't do it without me starting to cast it wouldn't feel right so I get to keep my streak of being on the A team for 38 episodes now <laughs> so Providence was sweet but and just I only got into the format because of the fact that there was a GP that was close to Canada and. Uh, only started the legacy cast probably because of that as well. Um, so one wonders. So if now it, that it, now that it's over, are you quitting? Like that's like, <laughs> what am I gonna do with these legacy cards that I have? <laughs> I have all these like dual lands that like I'm not gonna use. That make a collage and frame it and put well, it on K- your wall. KYT, KYT, make you a song. I, we can talk about your tenders. Otherwise, you can do whatever you want with them. <laughs> Make a pair of crotchless panties. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I mean, if if Broken City can make a hat, then uh, KYT should be able to make some crotchless wow. panties. I agree with that. That'd be one expensive. Uh... <laughs> I want to. Yeah. I want to wear. Don't like ever a three shit piece, in it. Like His a three-piece suit. Upset. You want to make a three-piece suit out of magic cards? Yeah, like full on with cummerbund, vest, tails. Like a full-on three-piece suit out of Magic cards, and I want to wear that to my next tournament. <laughs> That'd actually be really cool, I think. Oh, be, be sweet. Be terribly uncomfortable, but it'd be sickly cool. Oh, yeah. And, like, your sweaty balls would be... Ugh. You imagine? Oh, yeah. 
It yes. starts falling apart. You like get up and your wang starts hanging out because you like sweat through the because cards. Because you, you, or like worse, you paper mache magic cards to your balls. <laughs> you need to make something out of Horizon spell bombs, Jay. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, I, like, I think Horizon spell bomb might actually it might actually be played in block. Boom. Yeah, yeah, I'm not Boom. surprised. <laughs> <laughs> So, also, uh, so sorry. Go on. Oh, I was gonna say, I, I just, I was, I've been selling some cards and selling some other products and like doing some things, and I uh, went on like a mad search for Horizon spell bombs in my house, and I was only able to find one. Wow. So yeah, so I gotta get like, so if anybody wants to send me their Horizon spell bombs, I'll gladly sign them. Is. <laughs> so, um, what about uh, so KYT? What else happened in Providence? Obviously, you scrubbed out, right? Like two four or something like that. Like it was worse. Like two, three, where I won my. I think, no, no, we drew the last match, and uh, he was gonna concede to me because uh, we were both out already at at uh, one, three. We were both out, and I think I had one, three. Not even a win though. It was a buy, so that's even worse. I was zero, three. Oh my <laughs> god! You went one, oh, three no. with a buy. <laughs> <laughs> Superior board state you are I, the worst. So he you drove off- a long way for that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, I got it. I sucked. <laughs> no, um, that sucks, dude. I feel bad. So, if you had, had Magic American tech, Idol, you would be on the day one or two uh, episodes <laughs> where they show all the bad people that just get booed <laughs> off. Yeah, but you know the worst part is, is he had a good deck. Like he had the same deck tech that all of the Channel Fireball crew was running, and yet he still went o three. So nice. way what? to go. So like okay, so my last match was saying um, we decided to we were gonna both drops. He was gonna concede to me. I think I was winning on on the board, but then I was really hungry, so we decided to. I just said let's just draw. And I'll save my rating points and drop from the tournament. So um, I did terrible, but uh, largely due to um, like obviously it's not an excuse. Like the the format is just still super hard. And I wonder if, like, people call it the most skill-intensive format, but I do wonder if if you just lose because you haven't played against a certain interaction before and there's a, a ton, you know, does it mean that you were, you, like, you were bad? For example, like the Protean Hawk deck, one of uh, the local decks that we had, if you don't counter Green Sun Zenith for one, right? And, like, normally you're like, whatever, just, just go fetch your guy. I'm just going to... Save my force of will for for like the relevant spell, but then this guy goes get Xanted Swarm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's zero one. If it attacks, uh, target player can't play spells. I believe can't cast and, spells. Yeah, yeah. So like then every single counter spell in your hand is dead, and you know he just combos off. And and even when I was pl- testing. I was playing Merfolk against this Protean Hawk deck, and, and a more experienced Merfolk player was looking over my shoulder, and the guy's like, Green Sun Zenith for one, and then he, the Merfolk guy's like, no, you can let you can let that resolve. I'm like, no, I've played this circuit before. You have to force the shit. So, yeah. it, like, I got to wonder, like, you, how skill-intensive is it if there's, like, so much to know? I feel like compared to Type 2 where, you know, two players more more or less know what's going on, they're more likely to use their skill to come on with the right play. So I kind of uh, feel like I kind of feel like legacy is more about knowing the format. 
and knowing about the, the like having that information and knowing your deck, you know. And I think that if you can combine those two, you're going to do fine. I, I'm not sure that I would say that it's a more skill intensive format. I would certainly say that it requires you to be far more aware. It requires more information on your part uh, that you need to have in your possession in order to be successful. So I buy that. But I wouldn't say that it's it's any more or less skill intensive. Yeah, like I I'm still I'd still need a good couple of hundred games and like obviously every I don't know about you Scott if you're local like there's a local legacy meta game but for me there's it's very limited in the in the number of decks that people play it's and you know you go there you go to Providence and then you see decks that you ha- don't have experience of ever facing before and so you're you know you're starting from square one against them and and I definitely felt uh, outmatched in in certain instances. So there's a, isn't there like there's like tons of decks in Legacy still, right? Or is there or is it like a meta of like kind of like standard where there well not this standard but like old standard where there's only like four decks or whatever. There's lots, right? Yeah, there's tons. There's like combo yeah. decks, aggro decks. So yeah, control. so like and because like the card pool is so large, like I could imagine that it would be fairly difficult to to um you know to be able to like like know what you're playing against yeah. within any sort of degree, right? Like that'd be difficult, I think. Yeah, like I don't know. Like it's hard to find the best move when you don't know what you want to play around, right? Like in yeah. Type Two, at least I I know for sure it's like either condemn or dismember or whatever. I can narrow it down. Yeah, yeah. It's keeping one up for spell pierce, but Legacy I was just like, what? Like <laughs> he has this, but uh, I'm getting better at the game. Obviously, brewing the deck a few days before wasn't going to do me any favors. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I got to meet a lot of good people. Um, so tell us about that. Did you see PV? I saw PV, met him. And uh, obviously, after talking to him for a few minutes, it was awkward because you know, I'm relatively, well, not not really in real life, but relatively known as the quiet guy and he's obviously very soft-spoken but you know i let her know about nina and how nina's mad at us and uh pv's like uh is she here (laughs) i'm like no no she's not (laughs) not at providence um but he was really nice i mean i showed him my deck and he's like yeah that's uh, on the day of the event he's like yeah i thought about the whole team thought about playing something like that but he and a few others decided to switch at 11 p.m at night to uh, the bug, to the, the bug still, the bug still deck. So it just goes to show, like even the pros will auto bow, like basically at the very last hour. I mean, right before they're going to bed, they're they're auto blowing to that. And uh, but he mentioned in his article that it's relatively easy to play. So I think that's why he went with that choice. And you know, he went top eight and stuff. So it was good for him. But at the event on Friday, I mean. Like the the Tyrone Fireball team were sitting together when I was there. I saw them and they weren't really playing. They were just discussing ideas and and saying, "Oh, do we want Standstill? Do we want Stoneforges with Dark Confidence or not?" Like they're just openly discussing. And Patrick Chapin was standing there and and looking down at the group. So you know, I went up to him. I'm like, "I'm on Blue White Stoneforge," and he's like, "Yeah, I think everyone here's on 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 Stoneforge Mystic." I'm like, "What?" Like. <laughs> what's going on like we thought that it might be an underrated strategy in legacy like during our <laughs> tests our local testing it stoneforge and batter skull was awesome and i thought that you know legacy people would be doing 
other stuff. Mm-hmm. But it turned out that everyone was onto it, and Patrick was like, and then I asked him like, should I play Stoneforge's main or Cyborg? Because at one point I was thinking of putting them in their Cyborg, making like one of those creatureless main decks, and just Cyborging him and totally uh, surprising my opponents. But Chapin's like, I don't, I think eighty percent of these players here aren't going to be prepared for Stoneforge Batterskull. So yeah. it just just goes to show how powerful. <laughs> It's crossing formats now, yeah. Right, that it's crossing formats. And uh, he was cool, but he, he was busy, I think, uh, most of the time. He got, I got him to sign uh, Next Level Magic, a book I bought at SCG Boston. And um, funny stories. I mean, Alex got LSV to sign a gruesome encore. Nice. And then <laughs> left, waited like five minutes, went up to him and asked him to sign it again. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Kept doing it. Like the same one? No, no, a different one. He had like a bag full of gruesome encores. And then once LSV's like said, stop it, don't, no more, no more. Alex went ahead and asked a friend (laughs) to go to LSV to sign a gruesome encore. And he's like, this is for my friend over there and points to Alex. (laughs) That's awesome. So, so yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. Um, I met Spruik. Yeah. Bill Otherwise, Bolden. no. Yeah, Bill Bolden, also uh, one half of the gathering. He he's a very funny guy, very friendly, and and just likes to joke a lot. And uh, I said he should be playing the Splinter Twin deck because it, it would allow him to you know once he combos to do his like little DJ action with his hands, and he's like, you know what, I should be playing Splinter Twin. So maybe he will he will start getting that deck. Um, who else? Alex actually conceded to Brad Nelson when I think they were both going to draw uh, on day one, but like the draw was going to help neither of them, and like Alex decided to uh, scoop to Nelson, feeling that it was more important for for Nelson, and so uh, wow, well, I did, I scooped to Alex actually in the PTQ because. You know, I, I wanted him to get the rating points uh, to make it to nationals. So I scooped him when we were both one zero heading into the second round. So, uh, so would the PTQ was standard then? Standard. So funny story. Round one, I played against Birthing Pod, and uh, <laughs> got my yeah. ass, got my ass handed to me game one because it's one of those things where you like. You know, it was actually my first game. I've been playing Legacy so much for the past month. It was my first standard game in ages. Like, no lie. My first standard game was in, like, a PTQ round one. And so I'm totally lost. He's, like, birthing potting into Mere Superior into, like, other stuff. And and I just have two Squadron Hawks back. And I'm like, you know, I got Jace. I got, I got, I got the usual stuff that allows me to control the game. Then he birthing pods to Hero of Oxy Ridge and says, kill you. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, as I'm sideboarding, I'm like, am I really going to lose? <laughs> to birthing pod? <laughs> to birthing pod with like, you know, the deck that I've been playing basically forever, except for the new cards, uh, the, the swords. But thank God it, it didn't get there. He wasn't able to get birthing pods in game two and three. And it... it, it his cards, his draws were really awkward, slow draws with with creatures that I could deal with. So, um, I mean, I had Batter Skull, and then he he just 
couldn't attack. He'd play stuff like revokers and like they they'd just sit there. And my batter skulls like attack you for four, gain four. Like at one point I was maybe close to forty life, and I'm like, even if he has hero of oxid ridge here, I'm not gonna die. Like uh, batter skulls so good. Um, nice. So uh, funny story about birthing pod. Uh, before we let Jesse uh, talk about his new birthing pod deck, <clears throat> so I built a new EDH deck, and I decided that uh, since I got my foil Malira Silvok Outcast, I was explained that I was going to do filthy and tremendously terrible things to that card. <laughs> I did. Um, so I built a uh, Bant colored uh, Persist deck, uh, which included birthing pod. So it allows me to basically go up the entire casting cost chain from, I think it's like, I think from three up, I think my first reasonable creature is uh, Kitchen Finks, and then it just basically runs up the Persist chain until I start hitting guys for Titans. Now, what's really hilarious about Birthing Pod, though, and these Persist folks, is that one of the people in my Persist deck is uh, Heartmender, which has Persist itself, and then every upkeep you remove, you know, counters from it. But it's like all of the good Persist guys wow. in Bant. It's really strong, right? So, like, I've got... So I've also got Juniper Order Ranger, which basically every time a creature comes into play, put a 1-1 counter on it and the creature. So you've got, like, Perpetual Persist. So I have wow. the... Yeah, so I have the uh, the Archmage, Glenelander Archmage on board, and I've got swords, and I've got all sorts of crazy shit. So it was a, it's a pretty strong deck. I, I built it just to kind of have, you know, value guys, be be resilient. Uh, and it was sort of like mono swords that deck. That's fucking filthy. It's so awesome. It's so <laughs> awesome. Birthing pod in that deck is fucking retarded. Like, <laughs> it's so good. That's fucking filthy. Yeah. Birthing I pod and combo. I figured out a new combo with, like, the same kind of idea in my mono green deck, and then somebody informed me that it's been around for, like, a long time, and I was disappointed. Well, like, I, I was like, I was like, Malira and fucking a bunch of sack outlets and Woodfall Primus in my yeah. mono green deck is, like, the tits. I guess I'll just ruin the game and be, like, the biggest douche on the planet. That's fine. And then somebody was like, yeah, that's, everybody does that. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, everybody does that. I've seen it, like, 12 times in the last two weeks of Paper Magic I've played, and, like, what? Well, yep. I've never seen it. What the fuck? Because all you do is play Moto. Yeah. Well, why doesn't anybody play this combo on Moto? I'm going to start, fuckers. Do it. <laughs> that shit going right now. Right now, in my hand, I have Woodfall Primus and Altar of Dementia. Oh, so, so... one of my favorite is I do that with, uh, with Boom Tube. Um, Lord of Extinction? Yeah, I have a lot of fun with that card. Because yeah. Altered, Altered Dementia and Lord, of D- and Lord of Extinction is happy times. No, no. Yeah, especially with Kiki Jiki. That was awesome. What's the what's the combo with this? All I'm not familiar with these cards. So alter dementia, you sack a dude. Yeah, sack a dude to mill. Okay, to mill equal to but, the power of the dude sacrificed. And the com it combos with what? With woodfall primus. Well, actually anything with persist, but I do it with woodfall primus, which is when it comes into play, destroy target non-land permanent or non-creature permanent. And it's a six-six trampler with persist. With persist, so you just can like so you can sack it infinitely to to one of your sack outlets with Malira in play. Oh, okay, like, okay. You can okay. blow up everybody's lands and mill everybody out, or um, like if you have Ashnod's Altar, you can put infinite mana into your mana pool for a Genesis wave, or like just dirty, fucking, filthy, <laughs> Scotty Mac shit. I'm telling you, I <laughs> built this deck to try to be aggro, and it ended up being the most resilient and broken combo shit that I've played in a long time. And I play <laughs> stupid, broken combo shit. You play Teneb. Dude, no, and you know what? I've even put that deck down for some time. I've been playing my five-color Child of Alara that I got from Carlos over at Commander Cast. The deck is retarded. 
Like, I played a th- literally a three-on-one commander game this week. Three-on-one. And uh, I still won. They had uh, 90% of the creatures that are in the deck exiled, along with my Crucible of Worlds, and I still won. I, <laughs> I, did, that, I did that on the weekend with my Silvos deck. I played a two-on-one and a three-on-one and yeah. somehow still won. The, uh, the, the, de- the card Worm Harvest in a 64-land EDH deck is pretty good. I was able to let my army of worms devour the souls of my opponents. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> I called it, too. I'm like, I'm going to win this game, and my worms are going to devour your souls. And it did it. It was good. I'm swinging with, like, 65 of them at a time. It was pretty awesome. Anyways. Jesus. Yeah. So, Jesse, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, new green-white concoction, and then we can talk about the metagame a little. Well, it was pretty cool that KOIT uh, busted out the idea that uh, the Japanese are using green and aggro, and I'm proud of them for trying something different. But um, yeah, so, anyways, this deck is a green white aggro deck with just lots of angles, lots of come into play effects like artifact destruction, acidic slimes for land destruction, a blade splicer, like two for one, a lot of card advantage in Sun Titans. But then it like is a backup plan. It uses uh, three birthing pods to just uh, give the deck some reach and like find the answers is basically the green white decks like all about the tutors you got stone forge and fauna and birthing pod um and it just works really well and there's kind of a chain theme of uh three five drops two six drops and a seven drop just to uh give it that reach to hit the end but it's performing really well it's super weak against volakut as usual but you know it's not a deck we're worried about um splinter twins beatable and that's probably our hardest matchup that you'd expect to run into uh however it's not nearly as unwinnable as volakut but this deck is bonkers and some of the plays in it like sacking ven trying to hit slime blowing up their land and then recurring it next turn's awesome it uses phyrexian metamorph which just copies the most insane stuff like the batter skulls or your opponent's batter skull or uh it's like extra venge vines in your deck it's just like it's really really super powerful um and i'm enjoying it a whole lot (laughs) it's uh i've I've actually tweeted today tweet tweet (laughs) that uh that uh i'm trying to get some numbers to run it in ptqs in the open star city games or um even the invitation if i could uh just to see what it's capable of um so i've got about i sent the list out to about 15 people and we'll see how see how many people run it this weekend but i got high hopes if i can get some numbers in these tournaments so what's the because i don't have experience uh, i haven't even played against uh, a single splinter twin what's the uh approach to to beating that and and how fast can it actually does it really go turn four on your ass like it can it totally can if they get the draw um the man is not like the man is bad but it's not terrible um if they can go without interruption like against a blue white player or whatever and you're more concerned about your game plan than theirs and they can totally turn four game one you without question if you don't know what you're up against yeah they can they can have you licked pretty quickly um, Absolutely. it happens very, very fast. I hate that. Like, I hate the <laughs> XART, like, end, end of your turn, you know, put it into play, win the game. <laughs> well, and tap your lonely blue that you left up for spell pierce and then just resolve the splinter twin. Like, it's really fast. Yeah. I mean, so does, do we go back to playing more hard counters or playing, like, that psychic barrier spell, which is effectively just um, essence scatter, which was being played in blue white last year? So I think um, 
I, I think the red decks have the best answer. Guys, it's it's combust, man. Like that card is Combust be, is very good against it for sure. Can't be countered and just smokes it, right? So Dismember I want, is really good too though. Uh Dismember can still be moved to Spellskite. So that's True. always something to consider. I like Combust for the fact that it can't be and it's literally like it's I think it's one of the best answers that we've got. Um, it's it you cast it, it's gonna resolve, it's gonna stop it, right? Like it's not it's not interferable. That's why I almost like that. Uh, I know that you did. You uh, clue Evan in to that today, uh, Jesse. I, I know that he uh, he thanked you on Twitter, but uh, apparently in the standard daily on Thursday, which is today, yeah, uh, Dominaria Omar four zero to daily today with uh, Ka Twin. Or I guess what is it? Stone twin? I don't know how the fuck right. You guys yeah, twin call it. twin blade. It's twin blade. Okay, so basically you've got uh, you've got Stoneforge Mystic Spellskites. You've got Swords Feast Famine and War and Peace as well as Batterskull. And so it's like a blue white cobblade shell, but it's uh, splashing the red. So it's got lightning bolts in it, which is good. But it's also running the Exarch Splinter Twin combo. So you've got eight yeah. fetches that find red that are on color, and then in the sideboard you've got great cards like Combust. Lightning Bolt and Pyroclasm. Like, as a blue-white player, tell me you don't want Pyroclasm in your sideboard. Yeah, it, it, it that deck seems extremely solid to me. The mana base is its weakest part, but, uh, I mean, why not just match the two best decks together? It's really seven slots, um, and it's all doing all the same stuff. It still has counter spells. It still has Jace. Uh, it, it seems legit. I mean, that that deck didn't only win that daily. It, it's been winning quite a few, actually. Oh, really? It's interesting too, because you say the man is the worst part, and I mean, I've played I played my share of of blue, white, red, um, and although it seems like it can be <laughs> rough, it's not interfered uh, by um, Tech Edge, right? Like Tech Edge can't put you off your colors. Right. Yeah. Not as effectively. So point. it's not bad. I mean, you got eight fetches that are going to find you that uh, those red sources. Well, nine actually, because this deck plays evolving wilds. Right. But uh, and I mean, the life gain from the fetches doesn't really matter because you're gaining it all back from Batterskull and War and Peace, right? Kyt. Right. But I, I do want to see you play this deck, Scott, so that like you get you do get color screwed, and someone has to record this for me. This is fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I like I said I agree. I played my share of Super Friends, right? So like I, I've played a lot with that mana base in the past, um, and it wasn't wasn't that bad. But uh, it's it's certainly no blue white deck. It's certainly no Super Friends deck either. No. I mean, I I've know, seen people talk about like like Splinter Twin. I've seen people play where it. I mean, it feels like the mana base should be fine, right? But. You know, I've seen people where they, they need the second red to actually combo off to win. So, Well, there's nothing in the deck that requires double color, except for Splinter Twin. And, and Jace. Jace, right. But aren't those sort of your two finisher cards anyway? Right, right. So, seems okay. Uh, anyways, it I, I don't know. It seems balanced. Um, I'm I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm I'm interested to try it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna try it on Cockatrice and see how it goes. Cause yeah, I think I so. I think it's cards. definitely worth a shot. I hate all both those decks, so I won't try it. But I'll definitely play against it. <laughs> Jesse, what what was your approach to to beat? You just race them, like you don't. Um... Well, no, you you can race them. It's that's not the best plan. Uh, 
just pack spell skites and maybe a couple other hate cards like i have dismember and spell skite in my green white list sideboard okay uh, as well as a linvala so i got a couple answers i really like linvala as an answer to splinter twin by the way especially well, because a it can't be spell pierced uh and b it's still uh it's still a reasonable size four drop right so, right uh, i like it in the in the green white list I'm not saying it should be your only lean i just think it's a it's pretty good Sure, sure. So how many Into the Royals are these Splinter Twins playing? Four? Yes, I believe it is four. And that that's the main problem with Linvala. It's just like a simple bounce. is just blow out and a half. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, I resolved Linvala. Uh, yeah. Ba- and bounce like, kicker. <laughs> yeah, they're like, congratulations. <laughs> I think Into the Royal, man, out of nowhere... I felt like it saw a lot of play, a bit of play, a bit of play, somewhat. It sort of um, varied uh, during the pre-New Frexia season. And then now it's like it's being played in Cobblade and in Splinter Twin. It's a, it's a card that I'm constantly trying to play around um, to not get blown out completely by tempo. And then, uh, it's it's still annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. So what do you think your matchup is against Splinter Twin? Just you mentioned it's it's one of your roughest rougher matchups. Yeah, it's just because the amount of control they have, I have to have really fast starts. Um it, it's just like much harder because uh, you don't want to run non creatures since I'm a Vengevine deck. Right. Which, you know, is fairly relevant. Um but yeah, it's just fast. It's kinda like akin to Volakut, I guess just based on the fact that uh, they can just outrace you and deal with your stuff easy. Even a simple balance is just like a turn or two tempo sometimes, which is enough for them to find their piece. And I have to have the interrupt spell, which, you know, if it's just spell sky and dismember, that's seven cards in mine. So, I mean, it can be done, but uh, I don't like having zero fours in an aggro deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's tough, but it's doable. I'm working on it. <laughs> it'll get there it'll get there this deck's like completely legitimate legitimate it's really not like auto loser nothing like that though so the thing i i, I know that uh marshall from uh limited resources has been putting in uh some feedback as well we've been seeing the the email lists on this deck uh for the last week and i was looking at kyt's list uh that he got off that uh I don't know, japanese tournament or whatever right right and the one major difference between the two decks and i think i gotta side with marshall and kyt on this and and i'd, I'd really like you to let me know uh why I, why i'm wrong marshall commented on the list marshall commented on smitty's list uh okay, through okay. our own private email chains and he came up with uh isn't mirren crusader just better than um the golem dude it might be it and, might uh, be. It might. So, so sure enough, I look at KYT's list that uh, he got from the Japanese tournament winner, and it, of course, contains four Mirren Crusader. So I kind of got to go with them on this one. I think it's probably the better card here. Yeah, the thing is, it just didn't sack well to uh, Birthing Pod, which was my uh, obvious main uh, issue. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense for you. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense in your deck. It, because, like, look, at turn two, you play Blade Splicer, ideally. Um, and then uh, turn three, you can... Well, it's interaction with Benjamin Rixel, too. Like, you sack it, and you have a 3-3 three, three on the board, and then you can you hit your Vengevine off that Birthing Pod. So then you're swinging with seven power, turn three. 
Okay, but birthing pod measures the converted mana cost, right? Not the oh, because you sacked the actual guy, right? Not the token, right? right. Not the token. <laughs> yeah, sack the token, get a bird's fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so but but I felt like uh, like a lot of talk. I even tweeted about this last night. It seems like Mirren Crusaders is the direction a lot of decks uh, want to take. Jerry mentioned that in his article. Uh, even though he w- he would rather go Phyrexian Crusader, and I mean, with all the batter skulls uh, that I've seen, maybe maybe you haven't run into as much as I have, Jesse. But in my metagame, I guess there's there there's more like Crusader is the all star. It's like fuck you, yeah. skull. <laughs> well, I've got white creatures, but um, Phyrexian Metamorph is extremely important and can copy you know their sort of war and like it just it deals well with a, a lot of things. And you can create your own Mirror and Crusader, and you have so many tutors to be able to find all these answers. It just works really cleanly and smoothly, and there's never a game where you're out of it. How are you calm and Flynn meant to your own deck? That was funny. Smoothly and cleanly. Oh, yeah. No, dude, I'm the best deck builder on the West Coast. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, no, um, that's not true. <laughs> but I do think um, you got that. You got another card right, Phyrexian Metamorph. I think at the Invitationals, it might be its coming out party, and that you're going to see quite a bit of it uh, this weekend. But yep. uh, no sign of Chancellor of the Tangle yet, right? Uh, no, <laughs> Chancellor of the Tangle might have been a whiff, but uh... <laughs> really, <laughs> you never know. Oh, no, I don't. Stranger right. things have happened. I'll, I'll take two out of three any day of the week. That's right. right. <laughs> so what do you expect? to so sell the Invitational's this weekend, right? Right, right. So we expect... Uh, who are the who are the favorites going into this? I guess we've got Jerry, obviously. Uh, I mean, you, I guess you gotta you got to be leaning on guys like... Is, have, have people like Alex Bertoncini been left in the dust now? Or you know, now that Rug isn't really a reasonable deck? Or you know, has it just fallen to the Cobblade Masters at this point? Hmm, that's... I never even thought about that. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy. Rug? I don't know. Bug's better than Rug anyways. I'm yeah, convinced. I agree. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, so Jerry obviously has been brewing with uh, Drew and, and, and those boys for Standard. I'm, uh, I'd am i be surprised to see them not on some sort of Stoneforge package deck. Right. Drew's one to watch. He's he's my pick to, to win it. Yeah? Yeah. Like I've got just... a feeling... That this twin blade deck will be showing up. Well, it, it took seventh place in Louisville. Oh, not did the exa- it? Not the exact list. Yeah, Tyler Wynn ran it. I was just looking at it a few minutes ago. It's basically similar. He's playing, you know, one each, uh, one each sword, fe- uh, feast, famine, and war and peace. So it's along with the batter skull. He's got three spell skites. He's running three exarch, one frost titan, four stone forge, and then he's got. Uh, two Dismember, two Into the Royal, four Mana Leak, three Spell Pierce, one Gideon, three Jace the Mind Sculptor, one Venser, uh, huh. along with four That's... Preordain, and then uh, this land base looks a little messy because he tried to squeeze in four Tectonic Edges as well. Right. So this seems like it's a little. I don't. Oh, like sorry. Some there's of those there's no there's no Splinter Twin in this deck. Oh. That seems awful. Why the hell would you use Venser ever, anyways? Card well, I, I guess for Deceiver Exarch? Yeah. Uh, that seems really odd. Yeah, I don't know. That is 
that deck seems bad. <laughs> well, I guess this was the only step left, right? I mean, from there they just put the red in. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I do expect that deck. It just seems too good to me. It has too many angles. Some say it might be doing too much, but I think the core is there and that uh, it just adds win conditions to the deck. Well, I think at that point in time, it becomes the age-old discussion of you know that we had with Darkblade versus Cobblade. I mean, do you want something that's going to be far more consistent or do you want to be doing the most powerful thing in Magic? Right. Right? So yeah, there's few things more powerful than a game-ending two-card combo. Bird to that. <laughs> when will we ever see Jesse playing what he thinks is the best deck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do play what I think is the best deck, but I'm just often wrong. <laughs> just what nobody else thinks is. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, one question I wanted to ask you guys. Do you have experience, uh, either of you, against the, the new mono red deck? I think uh, yes. everyone's, everyone's telling me with the shrine that it is back to legit status. It's so, pretty it's pretty badass. I played a lot of games on it grinding with Moto. It just seems like everybody and their mother that doesn't have four red cents to <laughs> fucking rub together decides that they want to play Mono Red. That's online. always what happens. It's always it's fucking happens. terrible. Anyways. <laughs> oh, that's how that, gonna, that's how magic works. It's so bad. Um anyways, yeah, it's it's legit. I mean the turn one goblin guide, um, you know, turn two shrine. And uh, you know, you just kinda go from there, like turn three amber hauler with mana up, lightning bolt. Um, you know, turn four cough, like it's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. Stagger fine. shocks are pretty bad in that deck. Like that's really, it's pretty powerful. Like I, I feel like everyone's bringing in spells kites against that deck or something. Uh, yeah. Spells get strong against red deck for sure. Yeah. I mean, it stops the shrine, right? Yep. And it'll still block the goblin guide, but I mean, they're also playing searing blaze too. So that just generally Sucks. You, you almost want to, if you put the spell scout out, you're almost afraid to block with it, you know? You almost want to make them run double burn on it. Hmm. Because at the shrine, I've seen it, like, in in, in games today, uh, Alex had it at, like, 7 or 8. It's, like, ridiculous <laughs> yeah. to be able to do that much damage with that one card. I don't know. It seems really scary. I mean, like, I, I, I'm even considering it as one of the choices I want to bring, though, you know, I've never brought Mono Red in my life, so... Not going to bank on that. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? Mono red players are a special bunch. Not to say that they're any better or worse <laughs> than any other magic players, but honestly, like it requires a very specific mindset and a lot of, you know, a lot of math and a long term math as well. Uh, proper play sequencing. Like, yeah. I've seen lots of terrible there's mono nothing, red players. There's nothing scarier than a really good mono red player. Like, nothing. Nothing scarier in the magic realm. You fucking be sitting down against you know what if you're in round two or three you know of a of a PTQ or even you know you're you're playing to get into top eight would you rather sit across from like Jerry with Darkblade or would you rather sit across from Patrick Sullivan with Mono Red like sorry I'll take Jerry like he <laughs> he he might draw badly you know what I mean like exactly I know exactly what you mean so you have a PTQ coming up this is what this is all coming about from right right. PTQ this Saturday. You're trying to figure out what to play. Cob so why do you not want to play Cobblade? Ah, that's a good question. That's like <sighs> I know. what I everyone do Well do Cobblades have a good good answer? I mean, are they packing good answers to Splinter Twin decks? Because I do feel like Splinter Twin decks beat Cobblade. I mean overall. Is that I wrong? 
Um, because, I, well, I mean, it doesn't seem like Cobbled has very good hate, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think, like, you, they force you to play stuff like Spellskite or something because, you know, you can hit a board state where, um, because you know the Splinter Twin deck also plays counter spells, you can hit a board state where the Cobbled player is, like, afraid to, to cast any spells because they're just scared to, to just get blown out by Exarch with spell pierce up untap splinter twin win the game. So right. like like I've seen I've played a game where I just like stood there <laughs> doing nothing and eventually, you know, they get there. The splinter twin deck like just piles on lands and, and or or just plays instant speed Exarch and I have to think whether I'm gonna tap to to counter that or not. So mm-hmm. you know they're, they're all they're able to make you play at their their level. It's interesting, like, this this weekend, there's so many big tournaments that it's really going to... I think this weekend, if anything breaks the metagame, it's this weekend. If not, we have to be looking at bans. There's no way. The, listen, they're not going to ban anything at this point in the format. Like, there's no way. We understand ah. that this is the most important time of the year for them in terms of PTQs and attendance, because it's summertime and it's standard and it's the most popular format. But you can't honestly tell me for a minute that... They're going to ban something, especially like the only card that you're going to ban here is Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. Right? Like, hands down, this is the only card you can ban is Stoneforge Mystic. And they're not going to do it because there's two in the event decks. They're not going to hang themselves like that. They might. The, well, somebody made a good point the other day uh, that I hadn't thought about, but that the event, the event decks had been created before um, Mirrodin Besieged. Uh, maybe the entire Mirrodin block had been put out. How is that even remotely possible when they include cards from all three of those sets? Well, when they're designing them, like they like the design of the decks go through quite a long process. So, like those cards can change like multiple times. So it's possible that the the deck started to be designed and that card was included like up and all the way back until you know obviously before Worldwake came out because. Um, because, like, they got the cards early. But, I mean, when you think about it, like, people have been talking about how they knew that Stoneforge Mystic was, or they had a hunch that Stoneforge Mystic was going to be worth a lot of money, or at least good, back in World Week when wow. we first found out about Mirrodin. Because it's Mirrodin, of course there's going to be equipment that's good. Right? Right. So, um, it's possible that they were doing the same thing. Like, you have to remember, like, the people that design these special decks and design this stuff are players first and foremost, right? So, you know, they might have been in Future Future League saying, like, we're going to get, a, like, a Mirrodin set, or maybe when the, they were designing it, only Scars was out, and they're like, well, it's pretty good to fetch a sword. Like, that seems fair or whatever. And, you know, they don't seem to come up with, like, the same decks that pros come up with, but, um, you know, it's possible. Like, I can't. Because whenever they ban something, they only ban it because they didn't foresee the problem. Right. If they foresaw the problem, they would fix the card. Right. right. They don't release that's... cards to ban them. Exactly. So that's what I... I'm saying. So it's See, possible uh... that they don't know. They, 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 whoever designed those dual decks or the event decks, sorry, wasn't at the point where the deck was that problematic. Right. Like this deck wasn't designed last week or a month ago. Right. It was probably designed quite a bit ago. I'm going to assume. Yeah, but R&D being players first, like you said, there's no way in hell that I could anywhere remotely believe that they didn't think that this was going to be dumb. Like, I, I can't, like, Batterskull, really, with Stoneforge Mystic? Like, that alone is but, makes enough to, you know, and you, you can return Batterskull to your hand. Like, no, no, I'm, we I'm know how dumb this is, right? I'm just saying it's possible that Batterskull wasn't a card when this deck was designed. 
That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's not that they're stupid and don't understand. No, but the thing is, but no, the thing I, is, when Batter Skull was printed, they knew Stoneforge was a card. No, see, Jay, I, I no, no, but I, no, no, it's Scott, impossible. Scott's it's argument impossible. there, though, Jesse, is that they they're not going to ban Stoneforge because they're releasing a product with it. And yeah, that's, but Jay, that's it's impossible marketing. for them to have not have known that the that Batter Skull was going to exist because they were putting cards in that dual deck from the set that Batter Skull is in. There's no way. That they had, that they possibly but would this, have approved the release without the full set already set, being done. The set's it's impossible. Not designed all at the same time. Yeah, but th- they're not going to approve a product on a final line item without it actually having the whole set online. There's no way they're going to do it. It's, there's no way. There's no way. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that that's. But you not, just did. That there's no way. I'm just saying that it was designed before it was problematic. But then you just said that they would have fixed it if they realized that it was a problem, and no, so no, no. They, there's no way the, they'd fix the card before they release the card. I'm I'm talking about them releasing a dual deck. I don't think them releasing a dual deck is enough to stop them from banning Stoneforge Mystic if they made the decision to ban it. It's, which is what you, which is what you halt, were saying. It's going to halt sales on it altogether. It's it's the most stupidest business move I've heard Wizards make since they made Affinity. Wait, wait, is is the event deck like? Met is standard legal event deck. Yeah, it's, those, it's one of those F and M decks. It's like the uh, cold author red then, deck. Yeah, that one? then There's never no mind. Way. I'm on the side of Scotty. Yeah. There's no hey, way. I didn't realize it. it was like a standard deck no. to get people into F and M. No, they're gonna let yeah. us run with it for the next uh, till Oct- till September, October, whatever the hell rotation happens, and that's October, gonna be yeah. it. Yeah, and that's gonna be it. We're just gonna deal with it, and they're gonna go, "Wow, I guess that was dumb. We should probably not do that again." <laughs> it's possible. It's possible that they do ban. I mean, both Mark Rosewater and Aaron Forsyth have been asking on Twitter and in their articles if, uh, like, and for like TOs to tell them their like the numbers. Yeah. If the attendance the is down, and everybody's been telling them that the numbers are down. Yeah, but Every you know what? Career. How much of that has to do with the Star City Opens, and how much of that has to do? Nobody, with... nobody skips F and M to go to a Star City Open. Okay, but my understanding was that they were. I mean, sure, F and M, fine. But I think they're more importantly, they're looking for the numbers on PTQ entries. They were I, no, they were very, very focused on F and M though, because that's yeah, F and M's. F and M's that's the, huge. The biggest thing for them, it it creates local game shops to like exist. It creates like that's where the initial player base. That's not, where the player base that buys the cards go. Is yeah, not to mention like, that not, if you're uh, going to put out an event deck and you're going to do market research and invest in all this money and time to put out an event deck, you're not putting it out for a Star City game or a PTQ. You're putting it out for F and M. Oh and no, no, that's fair. To go out for F and M. So for for them to not consider F and M attendance, that's if they are not considering it, that's that's okay. Really, no, okay, so fine. And but I, most so, of but that's not going to contribute to the banning of Stoneforge. No, no, because, I'm saying I'm saying it's possible that they considered. That if the numbers are there, that let's say 66% of, of attendance has dropped since Cobblade has been a deck, since Batterskull came out. It's possible that they ban it. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm but what are they going to ban? They'll just ban Stoneforge Mystic. They're not going to ban Stoneforge Mystic. They'll have to ban Batterskull. They won't ban Batterskull. Well, they're not going to ban Stoneforge Mystic. Because it's, it's a financially irresponsible... They've printed how many of these fucking event decks? You're going to ban two of the cards in it? No, possible. you ban... no. Highly improbable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Jay's in a fighting mood today. Holy but we shit. made our bro love. Well, fighting, but there's one thing to be... Like, it's one thing to fight, and it's one thing to be fucking stupid about it. Like, <laughs> there's no way that they're going to... Anyways, fine. High, extremely high... Ugh, virtually <laughs> impossible. There. Virtually impossible. Okay, so what happens if they ban it? You have to... What, uh, you, uh, you have uh, to what, what are we, untapped? We're going to get into prop bets now? Yeah. 
You you just called me stupid on the <laughs> Dad. No, I didn't call you stupid. I said you, you were did. You said there's you said excuse me. I said sp- I said expressly. I said there's one thing about arguing, and then there's another thing about being stupid about it. Yeah. I'm not I not once said you were stupid. I said you were behaving <laughs> stupid. Now now you're arguing semantics. Oh, oh, you mean like your entire argument over this whole Stormforce thing from the beginning? Semantics? No, no it's not semantics at all. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Fine. What does dad have to do? <laughs> they're not going to ban Stormforge mistakes, so it's a moot point. Anyways. If they're going to ban anything, they'll ban some of the equipment. Like there's, But I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're just going to let us deal with it for the next little while and call it a day. Unless there's something... You, you, now, here's the other thing, too, right? Like, M12's right around the corner. So... Maybe they know that there's something in M12 that's going to solve all these problems, you know, just like they thought NPH was going to solve everything, you know. And sure, you know, New Phyrexia, change standard. <laughs> Cobblade doesn't have to play Gideon or fucking Dave Judgment anymore because we've got Batterskull to keep our life points up. Um, maybe M12's got something else. Who knows? We shall see. Man, if they reprint the Titans, dude, I'm going to take a year off of Magic. <laughs> <laughs> Watch him reprint Valakut and Primeval Titan. <laughs> well, honestly, once Valakut rotates, like once the once the card Valakut rotates, Prime Titan isn't really all that good, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Well, it's good, but it's not. It's well, it's not in any other decks, though. Yeah. Well, I'm scared because Duels of the Planeswalkers is releasing uh, the Titans as promos. Yeah, and they're hot too. Yeah. Some of the best looking promos I've seen coming out yeah. of Wizards in some time. They're very cool looking for we'll sure. We'll see, we'll see. So, sh- is it re- rip on a Nina segment this time now, guys? No, well, I, I had to... <laughs> we keep switching so fast into these uh, emotional topics. That <laughs> That's <laughs> what happens Scott- when you bottle us up for two weeks and we get fucking <laughs> vent every week. We just start cannibalizing on each other. That's Jay, I'm great. sorry I yelled at you, dude. I love you. It's okay. Scott asked me, like, the initial question was why I wasn't playing Cobblade. I mean, yeah. I'm still planning. It's still one of my choices. I mean, I'm no, like, it's a big deal to, to everybody uh, that knows me and, and on Twitter because I've been known to play it forever. And I just feel it's, uh, and I don't think anything's going to get banned soon. I feel uh, the same cards, I guess we're tired to see the same cards, but... After playing a bit of NPH, at least the games I've played, you know they they make the game a lot more interesting. Um, Justin Richardson's a fellow uh, Cobblade player of mine. It's like now we have to start doing you know combat math. Whereas uh, when I was playing Cogo in the old Cobblade, it was fairly straightforward as to how I was going to beat the opponent. Stoneforge on Feast and Famine, um, play a Jace, win the game. Now it's like, do I get War and Peace? Do I get Feast and Famine, do I get Batter Skull in this situation? Um, what line of play do I do uh, based on what equipment my opponent has gotten? And I think um, it's made the game a lot more complex. At least maybe it's because I haven't played MPH as much, but in my opinion, it's it's just more complex than what I'm used to when I played this deck to death pre-NPH. And uh, I feel like people that have been grinding st- standard for the past few weeks definitely has an edge over me, and that's primarily the only reason why uh, I got to look at it and say, you know, I'm not the great call play player I was a few months ago. So uh, that's the main reason I'm considering to, to look at other options. But now I've checked out Bing Luke's uh, 
new article that's about to be posted, and he suggests four Taxian probes in his Cobblade. Uh, said it was an MVP for him during the PTQ, and I believe he finished second. And I think um, I understand why his reasoning behind that, because it allows you to see the Splinter Twin hand, and then based on that information, you know if you can commit to the board and not get comboed out. So um, I think that's that's an awesome card to try out. He has four copies of it, so... Yeah, one of the major advantages to playing the black is that you get the discard. So A, it's disruption, but B, of no less value, you get the information about the hand. And I think it's so, so relevant as you're trying to determine what your safe turns are. And it's not just necessarily against – it's against Cobblade too, to be perfectly honest. Like uh, having played it in neither Cobblade nor Splinter Twin, like it's so relevant against both those matchups, just having that information. Right. You see the person with no counterspells like – Fuck, Jigsaw. <laughs> Guess I'm going to tap four for Jace here. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. I might be playing Cobblade after all because this actually makes a lot of sense to me. Like I was saying, the game is getting hard to play and obviously Jitaxian Probe makes the game a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Because you get to, and it cantrips too, right? And I mean, and like we said, I mean, in Cobblade, the two life doesn't often matter. I was just in a daily uh, and we had a batter skull uh, back and forth. <laughs> We were both at like 30 life, just trading each turn. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, that's just stupid, right? Like, how else are you going to win with Jace damage? Like, you've got to have some other way to get there. I, I, can't see, I can't see this being sustainable, the Cobblade Mirror back and forth with Batterskull just jacking up the life points. You need to have that alternate win condition that's not going to blow. <laughs> you can't rely on Jace, right? Like, you can't just rely on Jace the Mind Sculptor to, to, to ultimate out your opponent. I mean, sort of War and Peace, if you're getting back and forth and cracking with that, I mean, you can't keep Planeswalkers on the table. Right. Right? Okay. Your life points are totally irrelevant by the time you get Batter Skulls bashing into each other back and forth. So how do you win? So what's the answer? <laughs> it's got to be Poison, right? Like, it has to be. <laughs> I actually died yeah. to Poison in one game in the mirror where yeah. I was trying to jace for answers and I couldn't find any. Yeah, it's got you. Got to play Inkmoth Nexus. I, I I think if you're not playing at least two in your blue white Cobblade deck, you're fucking. Man, doing it I right. like three. That card's <clears throat> so good. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I said at least swords. <laughs> yeah, I might play more Viridian Corruptors in Inkmoth than mine. Actually, no. Tectonic Edge has been an all star in the green white. Yeah, KYT. I I like uh, I like your idea of playing your green white. Um, but I mean, hey, you're the Cobblade Master. If you're going to some place that uh, you need the experience with the deck, then I think you should stick with what you know because it's more important. Um, but you need to figure out the sick mirror tech because, yeah, life points don't fucking matter, man. Yeah. That... Yeah. I don't know if there is tech out there anymore. I think it's all been discovered. I think uh, you, play, you don't play Volokut and you play Greenway. I like that play. <laughs> Next, Jesse's going to go, and, and I have a list you should use. I, well... KYT, if you're playing that, dude, just try mine for like five games, dude, five matches. And I think you'll be convinced of the birthing pod. This last game I just played, I mean, I was swinging with, I had three Venge Vines out, or two Venge Vines, and then I metamorphed a dude, um, swung for 12, sacked, uh, sacked one of them with my birthing pod, hit a slime, blew up his land, kept him off five, and, uh, and his turn was just so underwhelming, like it was ridiculous. And then the next turn, I just followed up with Sun Titan, and it was just game over. 
It's pretty insane. Birthing Pod has so much reach. So, KYT, this is your chance to run a Smitty deck and show the world what we are capable of, sir. The entire world. The entire world will know. It'll be on CNN.com headline page. It's just, It's got to beat the other stupid shit they put on there. <laughs> Man. When's your next when's your next PTQ? That's what I want to know. Yeah, my next tournament is uh I don't even know what it is to be honest with you. Is <laughs> the Moto PTQs for sure and I think there's a Portland one next weekend, so I might uh I'm going to do my best to get up there. I need to play more paper ones cuz they're definitely softer than these Moto ones. There's a Seattle one coming up soon. Yeah, that's a long way though. I Oh, is it? It, it? I might do it. It's an eight-hour drive or like an hour and a half flight, but oh, then the wow. flight costs quite a bit. What deck haven't we talked about? The blue-green deck by Larry Swasey. It actually was what um, inspired the green-white birthing pod deck that I'm uh, rocking right now. Because I'm like, well, he won a PDQ blue-green drive has uh, and phosphate in there, and. Uh, I was like, all right, well, if you can win with Vengevine deck, then I'm going to win with one too. So uh, that's, that's what inspired it. So that blue-green list is gaining some ground, actually, and we might see something similar coming up this weekend. It's definitely capable of beating Ka. It probably struggles against Blade and Volcud as well. You know cards really good in that deck? Sphinx. Consecrated Sphinx. <laughs> Man. His tongue in the sphinx butt, dude. I'm like, telling you, so that card is so dumb. So dumb. Yeah, KYT, that should be your secret tech. Well, <laughs> Put consecrated sphinx in the mirror. It block sorted guys all day. <laughs> but like six to cast, all right? Don't you? Don't your Cobblade matchups go to like turn 50 anyway? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Right? Six mana shouldn't be shit all. Hey, anyone looking at block, I shall uh, state that uh, Consecrated Things is pretty much the best card in the set, in the block. Yeah. yeah. That's why they're it's like down. $9. They're not. Are they? Are they now? On Moto, really? on Moto they are, yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yep. Yeah, wow, they're a little so higher exciting. Now. So exciting. <laughs> I bought mine at $3 because I how, knew it was going to happen. Have you guys ever run into the uh, situation where both person has a Sphinx on board? Only in the, EDH, and it's a yeah. wonderful thing. It's, it's what? In EDH, I've done it. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. It's really weird. That, that interaction is actually really obnoxious, and the fact that it's going to show up on Moto is really going to bother me. <laughs> Well, it's going to be fine. Don't forget. See, what you can do is you can actually trick your opponent and play Rune Flare Trap. <laughs> yeah. It, gotcha. it, not in block, right? But in standard, if it catches on and people start playing Consecrated Sphinxes, then uh, you totally just play, you draw your deck and play Rune Flare Trap. Yeah, yeah. For show. So, Phyrexia, so what do we think of the Phyrexia mana cards? We've had some chances to play with them for a bit. Um, I mean, Metamorph, obvious, Metamorph obviously is seeing a lot. Uh, what about the others? Like, reasonable? I mean, Porcelain Legionnaire and, and like, that new Hawkward deck is taking advantage of a couple of them. Um, what do you think of that? I mean, is, is it a good investment these days? I mean, Metamorph has such a good ability that maybe it doesn't matter. 
But what about the rest of them that maybe aren't quite so versatile? Is are they even worthwhile, or or are they like in a world with into the royal totally useless? Uh, I think just the probe probably is my other good one. Yeah, the Phyrexian Metamorph is clearly the best uh, Phyrexian card in standard, in my opinion. Well, and... dismem- dismembers up there. Dismember's oh, pretty good. No, um, yeah, true. But I still think Metamorph's just so versatile and so powerful, especially in an aggro style deck. Um, but he fits in anything, and I think Dismember is a close second, and uh, Probe's up there, but I actually do think Breathing Pod, just people haven't figured it out yet, and it's up there too. And, and this is for standard play, obviously. I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, I mean, when you're paying, when you're investing even like double Phyrexian mana into a, uh, into a permanent... Like with into the royal being so prevalent, I mean it's it's just bad, right? Like, but the, the thing you're is, you're not going to see the molten steel dragon, you know, ripping it up anytime soon. No. The thing is, the life loss isn't real. Like, you wouldn't do that against an aggro deck, and it's fa- faster decks actually take it out because of the Frexy mana cost. Um, but it's just it it's so powerful, and the life loss is irrelevant. You either like fill up your board position and alpha strike and win, or or you're gonna lose it. It's kind of as simple as that. I don't know how else to explain it. So it's 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 really all in, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Like the the mana, the life loss has not been relevant. Like if you run into a red deck wins, for, for instance, in my deck, um, like yeah, you're probably gonna be mostly a dog game one uh, because birthing pods are semi dead against that. It's just like slightly too slow. It's fast card, but when it's only a fast card when you're paying life for it. And it's too dangerous against red deck wins. So it, it it can backfire, but it hasn't been nearly an issue that I thought it would be. Huh. All right. Chicka, chicka. So uh, I think Jay has got some homeless tech segment for us. I, have, I finally have found another homeless tech segment before we end it off here. Um, so I was on Redcast Wins last night with uh, Amanda and Lewis. And... Um, they were telling me about Lewis has this friend, I guess, that lives in Kamloops, and I don't know if you guys remember, but um, in uh, the summer I go to Kamloops all the time, so I was excited to hear about the store, and it turns out that this store has banned control decks. What? Yep. Apparently, they have skipped the Watsy banning process. And the store itself has just banned control decks. You wanna play Jace? It better be in a mono blue aggro deck. What? You wanna play you wanna play Manaleek? No, you can't play Manaleek. That's pretty funny. So just no counters you can't play counter spells? It, it, they, I don't know what the whole story is. I'm trying to find out the whole story. I'm definitely gonna go check out this fucking store when I'm there. <laughs> um, but as far as I know, you can't play control decks. And I don't know what what counts as that. Like could you not say that like a like mono red burn could be control because you just kill all your creatures? Like I'm controlling the board by not letting you play anything. Yeah, it's it's sort of hard to really uh, classify. Or like, <laughs> or like, do they do they put it? Oh, you can't play blue white control decks. Maybe I have no idea. But that's my homeless tech. That's this is where you go if you want to play homeless. By the way, you should go to the, whatever store this is. And I would love it if one of our listeners. If anybody knows what store this is, if they could please find out more about this and tell us, because I don't want to be spreading like, you know, rumors or anything. 
but I would really <laughs> love it if this is true. And apparently they also, they're one of those stores that had like Sword of Fire and Ice for like $15. Nice. Like the other day. So I'm again, I'm going to go to this store. I'm going to check it out. Clean them sh- out. Oh yeah, I'm going to just, I'm going to show up with like the most degenerate control deck possible. It's like only counter spells and Jace. That's it. <laughs> and islands. And that's it. I'm not going to play anything else. So yeah. That's good. That's my sweet homeless tech. So uh, we haven't had one of those for a while, but I figured I'd share it with you guys because I thought it was pretty funny. And like, who plays there? Like, who puts up with that? Yeah. <laughs> who puts? And like, and like, so you just like show up, and you're like, hey, like, I'm just in, you know, I never played Magic before, I never played here before. What's up? And like, yeah, you want to play some games? And like, sure. And like, what do they pull out? Like, what decks are they playing? <laughs> are they playing good decks that are just not control decks so everybody's playing like Smitty's lists or something like everybody's just playing green white aggro or Valakut maybe that's where that's, that's that where reminds me of something my friend suggested my friend suggested to make uh, a format where we all just play uh, a Chapin deck that he mentioned in an article but hasn't ever played in an actual uh, <laughs> tournament <laughs> <laughs> Because my friends think the decks that he recommends are awful, <laughs> usually. So everybody's just playing Venser. <laughs> yeah, Smitty so like, format would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like really interested to see like what's up with that. So I think that'll be good. I'm gonna go check it out. <laughs> All right. So are we uh, gonna move to shoutouts then, gentlemen? Um. I just found a one one last question, Scott. Yeah. How legit is this Lifelink Soul Sisters deck? I haven't heard anything of it since <sighs> that one Pete, that one Star City game. Jesse, um, that deck's actually very real. I I mean, like my deck is super dog to it. Game, Whoa. Game one. Whoa. Well, I mean, I can't do anything. I can't stop the combo. I just, I don't have uh, the removal. Like, I have answers to equipment and, like, land destruction and tempo and everything, but not directly removing something I can't. Although, uh, I have Suture Priest in my sideboard I'm trying in this daily right now, and that means I can actually do set the combo off on my own if they have a Relic Order in play. <laughs> Because I'll have Suture Priest, and then I'll just metamorph their uh, Relic Order and Infinite Loop on my own. <laughs> What's but, the Infinite uh, Loop? It's um, you got to have a Soul Sister-type creature in play. And uh, so what happens is Leon and Relic Order goes down, metamorph copies it, and then um, since the other one, or since it leaves play... It, it infinite loops itself back on top of each so other. So basically, it comes in, it copies a relic order, and then you use its ability to exile itself. Exactly, yeah. Thank and you. then it'll exile, and then when it leaves play, it'll return to play. And then when it, and you just continually looping, loop it that way, and that's oh, where Oh, and, and, ga- and then you have a Sutra Priest, and you kill somebody with it, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So the deck's actually pretty good. Like it's it's good against uh, the twin blade deck or the co- or the splinter twin deck. I mean their combo has a really hard time going off against all that life gain uh, or with Sutra Priest in particular. So I don't know. Seems it seems legitimate. Hmm. Just a I, lot to prepare for then. For me. Why don't you play that KYT? <laughs> yeah, a it really shit ton of life. That's where the green-white is super dog, though. I just 
don't see how you beat that constant life gain. It seems really <laughs> difficult. Could just uh, Smitty sitting at his computer. Stop it! <laughs> life counter. I keeps know. Up. <laughs> yeah, uh, these infinite combo things. Two of them in standard is just drives me bonkers. <laughs> oh, well, no, there's a good shot that I'm playing either green white at this moment or this new uh, this new techie cobbladeless. The probes, man. They're, it's uh, the just probes. The just the argument behind them is is like if Splinter Twin and Cobblade are the most popular decks, and like Probe has a lot of value. I mean, don't think I can go wrong with this uh, this game plan. Um, and he yeah. did get second. He did get second. And uh, Scott, he does mention considering considering consecrated Sphinx in the main to bolster the mirror. So, dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you you're on the money. I'm telling you, this card is so dumb. You should be playing one in every blue deck. At least one. Main deck. It will block your swords all day. It'll block the swords. Like, nobody's playing body and mind. So it'll block any sorted guy that they're going to possibly play. And if you... Nobody's playing Gideon. Nobody's playing Day. Nobody's playing Gideon. If you don't ever attack with it, you will just always draw a shit ton of life and turn off his best sword. It's so good. Yeah, because now, now even Sun Titan isn't as good as it as it was. That's um, right. And he also mentioned Surgical Extraction in the side against Venge Vines, obviously, and, and Splinter Twin. And So what happens when you extract a twin? Do they not? Do they just have Jace as a win condition? or uh, If they're playing Flores' list, then they've also got cards like Inferno Titan and Consecrated Oh, right, Sons, right, right. Okay. Which I think is correct, by the way, folks. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, th- that's sort of it. They beat you down with Trinket Mages? No, uh, Seagate Oracles? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's funny Combat though the tough. people do call it the Flores Splinter Twin is it that much different I haven't like I really am totally new to this stuff the Flores Splinter Twin deck truthfully is just a red blue control deck okay that threatens the combo every turn it's just really good like everything in the deck is designed to gain incremental card value and dig you deeper throughout the deck Okay. So that you just find the combo and win. It's, re- it's pretty strong. Man, why don't I just play that? <laughs> it's I'll figure good. It out. I'll figure it out. All right, we can go to shoutouts now that I've uh, been uh, filled in on, on these uh, decks. Like Soul Sisters. <laughs> can't believe that shit is... <laughs> can't believe that shit is back, but... Uh, yeah, really, man. Did we ever give that a lashing? <laughs> we also gave everybody except Jay Suture Priest a lashing, and now it might be relevant in oh. standard. Like, oh, isn't that funny? Oh, <laughs> you fuckers! All right, shoutouts. Yeah, we can. Jesse, I guess. <laughs> Me again? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to snub everyone and give no shout-outs. What's up now, bitches? Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, none. No one deserves a shout-out. Wait, let me let me rethink that. Uh, yeah, no. No one deserves a shout-out. <laughs> Actually, they probably do. I probably just forgot. Not even Cobra Snake? Uh, Cobra Snake gets a shout-out for trying to be on the cast tonight. We will try to bring him back for next week. <laughs> Cobra Snake shout out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you hear him? Yeah, yeah, come here, Cobra Snake. Give a shout out. 
Hold on, we gotta give a shout out. Cobra Snake's gonna give a yee yee. It's a shout out for myself. This is the real Cobra Snake. <laughs> <laughs> the real Cobra Snake! Oh, you just got the venom, bitches. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> out of control. All done. This is out of control. Out of control. Alright, well, I'll go next. I've got uh, shout outs to. Well, you know what? I got one big shout out this week. <clears throat> so, shout out to uh, Brian Dodson. Okay, this guy runs a fantastic website called Half Price Hobbies. Uh, generally, what they do is they buy 10,000 plus size card collections. They pay for every single card, even basic land, and they provide like a nice, you know, professional itemized offers within a couple days of receiving uh, a lot. So they're really efficient. Uh, they've got the site. It's halfpricehobbies.com. And uh, basically you can go on. Everything's like dirt cheap. And the only condition is you have to pay. Uh, you have to get at least a $100 minimum order to order. So it, they send it all UPS and, uh, you know, express shipment. It's $30 to ship. So you're looking at, you know, $130, $140. But you basically can find a ton of stuff. I was able to get uh, a lot of EDH stuff, a lot of legacy stuff. And, of course, all this stuff changes quite regularly as they're always buying card collections. So if you've got card collections that you want to sell... Uh, that sort of fits the bill, then you should definitely give them a call or, or email them to the site, email Brian. Uh, if you uh, are interested in looking to you know, flesh out some rares or bulk stuff or whatever it is you need, um, go there and place the order. Uh, when you place the order, uh, feel free to email Brian or put in the comment section that the A-Team sent you, and they'll actually send you an extra 100 bonus rares because Brian and his wife Carrie listen to the podcast. So Carrie apparently only plays Kithkin themed decks, but that's okay because chicks that play Magic are cool. And she wanted to say that uh, her favorite A-team podcaster is Jay motherfucking Boosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, yeah. I, want, I want to make sure yeah. that we're giving a proper shout out to them. They're, uh, they're, they've become a really good friends of the cast. And, and I want to make sure that uh, you guys give them, give them the love and, and give their site a shop and uh, start placing some orders and, and let us know how it goes. So um, wife plug to Carrie wife on, plug? on Brian's behalf and uh, wife plug to my darling wife who is still not given birth. Oh my god. She must be huge. Like, the baby must be just, like, poking out everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's the case. Oh, it's brutal. I guess, Anyways. I guess I'll go next. And, sure. Uh, Jay can finish up. Uh, sure. Shout-outs to guys I went down to province with, Frank Morrow and Matthew Roberge. They were awesome. Um... Shout out to you guys for supporting me throughout, even though I scrubbed out. I mean, cheer for me at Nationals, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be able to redeem myself. Um, shout outs to Drew Levin. I mean, he did great. He's become, you know, uh, in terms of people that you only see at events, you know, a good friend of mine. And uh, he finished 10th, tied for top eight in tie breaks, but, you know, uh, no, with. Tied for top eight in points, but because of tiebreakers, finished in tenth. And uh, shout out to anybody that I met there. You know, Chapin, Spruik, uh, Adam Barnello. Um, the list goes on. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully, see you guys 
soon another event. I mean, besides Nationals, GP Montreal. Um, oh, also like to mention, okay, so I'm going to the PTQ this weekend in Ottawa, and next week in Ottawa is event number two of Canadian Magic Tour, uh, which is in Ottawa. And the sick thing is, the first one was less, uh, you can consider a failure depending on how you what you expected because obviously the first event of something like this wasn't going to be a huge hit but the second one is going to be huge the second one is going to be at the corral center ice level where the ottawa senators play i've i've heard stories about uh the organizers spending infinite of trying to make this work but obviously ottawa's magic scene is not as big as toronto and montreal so you know, the, the odds are definitely stacked against them. There are people that think this are scared that this might be an epic failure and that, you know, the organizer will never do something like this again. But they've also decided to spend money to set up something like GG's Live, something like SCG Live, rather, because uh, they're going to have multi, like individual cameras on the players and yours truly as one of the commentators. So that's exciting. What? And uh, we're, I'm still looking for to find someone that's going to be right for this for my partner. Obviously, Scott would Hello. be great if he was uh, if he didn't have a baby coming up. Um, but uh, definitely support this event. I mean, PT Nagoya will be going at the same time. SCG. There's also going to be an SCG event going on. But uh, if you're a fan of the A team, if you're a fan of Canadian Magic, we need your support more than like anybody else uh, for this specific event that we absolutely need to see succeed. So that's it for me. Scott wanted to add something to this? <laughs> no, uh, I just, uh, I, I can't make it out to the event. You're right. Uh, obviously everything is, is too close. Um, we're trying to potentially work around GP Montreal. We'll see how that goes. Um, that way we can pester uh, Rashad and the boys for uh, some slots in the booth. Man. <laughs> I would That'd do that good. for free. I would almost pay to do that almost. Yeah. It'd be pretty sick. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, that's it. See you at Worlds, bitches. <laughs> so definitely check out the feed. Yeah. And... I uh, I also gave a shout-out. I want to give a quick shout-out here to Marshall as well. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. So regrettably, Marshall and Ryan are, are packing it in. Ryan got his job, of course, at uh, Wizards. So what we want to do is is wish them all the best. Hopefully uh, Marshall finds, you know, a good replacement for Ryan. I think he's going to try out some hosts and see what happens. Um, also, if I need to take some time off, I've asked him to kind of come in and fill in for a bit. So uh, we'll see uh, if how that all plays out and if I actually need to take some time off or not. But I think uh, it'd be a welcome, uh, welcome addition for a week or two while I settle in here. Uh, if required, we'll see. I may need my fix, though, so... Yeah, I <laughs> totally forgot the Marshall and uh, Ryan shout-out, too. I'm way on board with that, man. That's awesome for both those guys, so... Yeah. Much love to those brothers. Yeah. Stay Represent here. us. It's all up, Marshall. You, uh, it's all up to you to, to bring it home for the community. Crush your nemesis. Crush him. <laughs> Crush him. Anyways, <laughs> that's all. Jay, go ahead. Oh, uh, I just had one last thing. So one big, big, big thing that uh, life-changing moment that happened when you guys all sent me to Toronto uh, changed my outlook on the whole Magic community. And again, I'm still always just super thankful for everything that everybody's like done for all that. Um, Louis Acosta recently moved to Canada. Uh, that's Oren Alchemist on Twitter. He's a great guy. 
Uh, he is, um, I don't know, like he's a, he's a good magic player in the games that I've played. I've never played any like standard with him or anything, but he, um, knows what he's doing. He's been around magic for a long time. He just moved to Canada and because he just moved to Canada, he doesn't have a job because he is waiting for a work visa. So, uh, he is trying to raise money to get to GP Montreal in the same similar fashion that I was, uh, he's going to do a fundraiser he's going to probably get people to give up prizes uh i mean i'm gonna probably try to find something that's worth anything and throw that in um he's gonna have some other stuff going as well um and then any money that they make over and above their goal uh they're gonna put towards the canadian diabetes association uh which is amazing that's just something that's like that's just really great for the community. And uh, they say that's because of the Conley Woods and all those other guys doing that diet. So, like, great for them, good for them, and good for doing all that stuff. And um, I just wanted to give a really quick shout-out in support of that. And if you guys can help, if any anything is uh, anything's available or anything's possible, please help Lewis get to GP uh, Montreal because it's something that, you know, everybody should be able to experience, and I, I won't regret it going to Toronto, so... Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I've talked to the guy and uh, legit dude and uh, definitely would like to see him here in my hometown, GP Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, guys. Well, I think that calls it a night. Uh, looking forward to uh, next week when we've got uh, all sorts of neat and fun stuff to do. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to talk about the Invitational. And if Jerry or Drew wins, I'm sure they'll be happy to join our podcast. Whoop, 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 whoop. So stay tuned, kids. Have a good night. We'll talk to you later. Later, guys. Peace. Peace.